Hey everybody, this is B on Dot Paul Podcast. Stuff about stuff. So we're going to talk about something I know a little bit about. We're going to talk about IT, information technology. And um, this is going to be one of several I'm going to do, but I'm going to do this one as a monologue. And then I'm going to try to interview some IT folks. They're hard to get in touch with, but I think I have one or two lined up. So see how that goes. So information technology, you know, uh, it used to be called MIS, Management of Information Systems. That was back in the day uh, when people were running the big iron, you know, IBMs, uh, AS400s, 200s, 800s, uh, pick 100, um, tape machines, uh, card readers, you know, it was the MIS people that were doing all of that. Um Sometime in the um, early 80s, mid-80s, that got switched over to IT, information technology. I'm not really sure who coined that or how that was created. Um, I've known them as both. I Some of my first jobs were in MIS, uh, excuse me, departments. Um, and then they started called IT. You're in IT. You do IT stuff. So, okay. So, uh, whatever. Uh, they're one and the same. Um, so, you know, it refers to the use, development, management of computer-based systems, software, networks, uh, storage, process, transmit, receive, uh, information. Uh, IT encompasses a wide range of technologies, computers, software, hardware, network, database, telecommunications, and many, many others. Um, a long, long time ago, there were these things known as newspapers. Um, I was a young man, and I was looking for a job. I had transitioned out of the entertainment field. Um so I came to IT a little late, um, but I started in the help desk like most people do. I uh, picked up the Dallas Morning News, uh, probably the Sunday edition because it had the uh, most classified ads in it. And um, I had moved back to Texas. I had moved to Sacramento and I uh, was working for a production company up there, um, and my wife had got tired of Sacramento. I had got tired of Sacramento. Sacramento is not San Francisco, and it's surely not uh, Orange County. Um, everybody out in Sacramento, love you. Thank you for the opportunity, but it just wasn't for me. Um, so um, it was a gateway uh uh, up to the lakes and everything there in Northern California, Truckee and um, Lake Tahoe and all that, which is gorgeous. Um, so I got this paper and I'm going through it and I'm circling these ads. I went on several interviews back then. Um, <laughs> they would interview almost like a secretary. They would put you in a room and time you how fast you could type which had nothing to do with anything. 
Um, most IT guys don't know how to type to this day. I did take typing classes in um, high school, and I got pretty good. But by the time computers came out and all of that, I got mesmerized by the screens, and I forgot the query keyboard, even though the computer uses the query keyboard. Um, and I just started hunting and pecking, as they say. I'm, I can type pretty good, you know, with uh, two fingers. I've been doing it for, see, I've been in IT now for 31, this is 32nd year. Long time. Um, anyway, I'm blessed to have a profession that has lasted that long. Um, so I had this newspaper and I'm circling stuff. I'm going to interviews. I'm typing and not getting jobs and, I saw this one job for um, help desk analysts. Analysts. Oh, that sounds important. I will go in and analyze on the help desk. So I showed up, and I thought they were going to ask me a bunch of questions, walked into a, a conference room, and there on the conference table is a computer case, uh, a motherboard, a hard drive, some cards, and there's a network cable on the um, and a power supply was already mounted in the case. Uh, and some tools, <clears throat> and uh, the guy who was interviewing me said, um, so um, you have 45 minutes, I'll be back, uh, you need to build this machine, hook it up, and uh, when you come back, demonstrate that it works. Okay, he shut the door, little did he know that I had been building machines of my own uh, for BBSs, we'll talk about bulletin board systems later, and um and for other people, for other friends, because you just couldn't go out and buy a computer. Well, you could, but they were terrible. So you would go to a PC shop. Um, uh, we'll call them bite shops, uh, for lack of a better word. And um, you would uh, configure your machine and build your machine and uh, have somebody build it for you. Uh, but what most people did, hobbyists, uh, computer hobbyists, we would go and get a case and a motherboard and... They might not have everything you wanted, a particular shop, or maybe you wanted to shop for not a brand, but a price point. So that's what I used to do. I would buy cheap-ass cases and uh, really nice motherboards and nice hard drives. Hard drives were expensive back then. And um, had to have a floppy. Um, had to have a floppy. And um, those pre-CDs, they didn't come with CDs back then. And a couple of cards, you know, you'd have a modem and an RQ card and um, um, anything else you wanted to do, a serial port card if you wanted to, uh, to print. And most people wanted to print. And so this guy gave me this machine to build, and I built it. Uh, back then, you had to know about RQ settings. Um, I don't know. Purposely, this card came from the factory um, with the settings wrong or set one way. But I had a sheet I had to follow, and it said, do this, do this, do this, do this. So I followed it, and I couldn't get this um, this ancillary card to work. So I knew about our IRQs, and the manual was right there. So I picked up the manual, and I read it, and the information was in the manual. And I changed the IRQ uh, to whatever, IRQ 6 or 7, whatever it was, and it started working. And then um, plugged in the network cable. Uh, back then, it was uh, not a Cat5, it was a BNC cable. There's a token ring network uh, that uh, this company was on. And so plugged in the token ring, and I noticed the Terminator wasn't on 
the connector. So I go, ah, that's a catch right there. It's probably a got you. And I see it there laying there. So I screw the terminator on the connector. Boot the thing. Uh, the, the old school VG monitor comes to life. And um, Windows uh, wasn't 1.0, but whatever came after 1.0. That's a three point. That's the Windows Work 3.0, 3.1, something like that. It came on, and back then there were no um, graphical interfaces uh, unless you were running uh, OS 2, which a lot of people were. And OS 2 was very viable and was a great operating system. And that's uh, where, well, they got it. They got the idea from Apple, but they stole the operating system from from OS 2. But that's a uh, history. That's PC history. I'll let you look all that up. Um, so he came back into the room. I think it took me about 35, 40 minutes. And I was sitting there, and I had gone to Netscape. Uh, that was a browser, uh, one of the first browsers on the Internet. And I think I went to AOL or whatever was the default site you went to. or Yahoo, and I think it was Yahoo. And uh, it was up, and it was running, and Netscape was running. And he goes, oh, yeah, that's great. Um, you're on the... You're on the internet, and um, he can you show me the configuration? So I went to system settings. I showed him that and uh, where everything was. I had all that already pulled up and minimized. And I would just click on them, and they would just pop up. And he was looking at me, and I was looking at him. And he goes, okay, well, do you want a job? And I go, well, I came down here. I'm trying to be a smartass. So, I, you know, I came down here, interviewed, and um, – you didn't give me a typing test, and he just started laughing when I said that. He goes, when can you start? I said, I can be here tomorrow at 8 a.m. And we negotiated a price because they wanted to give me $9 an hour, and I said, hey, I'm going to need 12 big ones an hour, okay? And he paid me $12 an hour. So, And then that next day, I was introduced to their product line, and there were file cabinets of every manual of every product they sold in every configuration, and I was put on the phones, and the phones started ringing, and I started taking troubleshooting 101 from end users. This doesn't work. This doesn't work. They would get the machine from us. They would buy it through PC Magazine or PC Hobbyist or whatever, and it would be shipped to them and Typically, a board was loose or whatever. So the first thing we're going to do is unplug it. It won't come on. We're going to unplug it, unplug the monitor, right? Make sure it's unplugged from the wall, right? And then we're going to see those two little screws. They're thumb screws. And then we're going to pull out each one of the cards, those vertical things sticking out of the motherboard, and we're going to reseat them in the same slots, do not change slots. We're not going to change the configuration. Just make sure they're in there because, you know, UPS is kind of bumpy. Um, and we would do that, and 80% of the time that would fix it. Uh, when we started selling servers and SCSI cards, things got a little more um, dicey. And then we started uh, selling modems, a lot of modems. Uh, BBSs were big. And we had a BBS that I brought online because I had been running BBSs. I was in a meeting with the team one day and I go, I'm getting tired of faxing all of these um, manuals to people. Why don't we set up a BBS that our end users can call in on? They don't even have to talk to us. You know, if they already know what they want, some people were very savvy. They, oh, this isn't working. Or because they throw 
the manuals were in the box, and they'd always throw the manuals away. So we scanned all the manuals. That was an undertaking. There were text files, and then we put them in directories, monitor, uh, modem, RQ, motherboard, anything in these directories, and you could download. And we had how-tos, FAQs they're called nowadays, uh, frequently asked questions. And we started doing that. I was the system operator, and... Um, we would not have chat was turned off because we didn't do that. We didn't have enough people because we were on the phone all the time. Worked uh, eight-hour shift, so I would get there at eight, and I would leave at six. And I did that Monday through Friday, <clears throat> and that was my first IT job, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, so, you know, um, information technology is using various aspects of modern life. Business, government, educational, healthcare, personal use it plays a critical role in enabling efficient management of communication of information. Well, yeah, duh. If you're listening to this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, as well as supporting uh, the automation of tasks, decision-making process, overall productivity of individuals and organizations. Um, IT professionals, uh, that's what we like to be called or possibly sir, <laughs> often called IT specialists, uh, responsible for designing, developing, and implementing, and maintaining IT systems and infrastructure. Infrastructure and organization is a big thing in IT. Um, all of that has been siloed, what we call silo. There are silos, one for networking, one for messaging, um, one for faxing, one for mobile, one for security, there's a silo for a different thing and there's a different team. Back in the day, quote unquote, um, I moved on to be the network administrator in many places for many years. We did all of that, everything, um, uh, except for software development. You know, the only software development uh, I have is my own projects um, in iOS and Android, I do have a patent for an API, and I do have a, a copyright for the software. Um, but that's my own thing. I'm not a developer. Uh, you know, software development, network uh, administration, cybersecurity is which I'm in now, database management, systems analysis, and then just day-to-day, -day, in and out IT support. That's where most people start. And you don't really have to have a degree, you know, but if you have a head on your shoulders and you want to work, that's the place to start because you will learn things you never even considered. And even to this day, I like talking to the um, to the help desk guys because they're there in the trenches. They know what's happening. Um so, uh, you know, software development, engineering, that's the discipline that involves design, development, testing, and maintenance of software applications and systems. Um, programming languages, architecture, algorithms, and software development, development, methodologies, methodologies, method, well, some of them are myths. Uh, hang on, let me drink some water. I got, I got tongue tied there. Okay, water's good. Um, you know, for us, um, we run scripts. We run a lot of PowerShell. We run a lot of Python. 
that's about as close to development as we get. Uh, cybersecurity, what I'm doing now, I've been doing for about 10 years now, is protecting computer systems, networks, and the data from unauthorized access, attacks, and threats. Uh, involves measures such as network security, encryption, uh, do a lot of encryption, uh, vulnerability assessment. Um, I'm doing that right now for a company. Incident response and implementing security policies. Uh, database management, DBAs. Uh, I'm not a DBA. Um, used a lot of databases, but I know nothing about data. It's, it's, that's definitely mythology right there. Um, that's a completely separate silo, almost a development silo. Uh, system analyst, um, the, or, the organization's business processes and requirements. Uh, so to design and develop information systems to meet those needs. Not every business is the same. So things need to be set up differently. You have to identify system requirements, analyze the workflows, and create specifications for develop developers to implement and for IT to implement and to follow. Project management. I'm not a project manager. I've worked for a lot of them. Some good, some okay. Um, if you're not a okay, at least an okay project manager, you're not going to last. Um, you need to, you need to know how to manage, um, people. Cause if I'm doing something, I go, I'm, I have a blocker and this blocker is that. And then you, the man project manager need to go to whatever that is. It's typically a team or a person and find out why and fix that so I can move on in the project. Um, Technical support, like I was just talking about, hardware, software, and network issues. Um, they resolve problems, provide training and guidance for using technology, you know, and everything, every end user, and everybody is an end user, um, uses. Um, it's a it's a thankless job, um, and I'm just glad they're there. And like I said, most people can do support um you have to be dogged you have to be clear and you have to want to do it and um that usually separates um the wheat from the chaff right there um if you come up and uh and support or the help desk or what's called the service desk now um you're going to be a pretty good engineer uh, some people start they get a degree in computer science and they start, you know, uh, on the networking team and they're not worth a damn because uh, they don't know how to troubleshoot. They can read a book, but they don't know how to troubleshoot. Um, data science and analytics. Um, data science works for large volumes of data, metadata typically to extract meaningful in insights and patterns. Statistical analysis, machine learning, uh, data visualization techniques um, to uncover trends, make predictions, and support decision-making. Um, that's big, and uh, some people are pretty good at it, uh, but it will give you a headache. Cloud computing is just that. Um, what's old is new again. Uh, instead of PCs and data centers, uh, things are in bigger data centers, typically at Microsoft or AWS. That's Amazon Web Services. Yes, that Amazon, not the Amazon that sold you a roll of toilet paper, but Amazon Web Services. Um, 
And um, we use a lot of that. Um, I've been in the cloud now for, see, I started doing migrations to the cloud as a migration engineer 12 years ago now. Done a lot of migrations, and um, it's not as easy as they say. It uh, it is fraught with um, with uh, left and right turns and U turns, and um, it's it's not easy to do quickly. Um, it will take time, but you can you can migrate to the to the cloud. Um, you have to want. To migrate to the cloud and move your infrastructure to the cloud. Web development. Um, I have a really good friend that's a web developer. Uh, he explained some of the things to me the other day, and I was just like, not the other day, back, actually it's been a few years, and I got like maybe 60% of it just because I knew the jargon. Uh, but I, I've never done web development, any type of building i've built websites um but not like he was talking about web dev is uh what it's called uh he worked for at&t he helped maintain the at&t corporate sites and the uh forward facing sites uh hardcore stuff those are just uh, examples of the disciplines in it uh many it professionals specialize in in one or many of these disciplines, you know, most people that have been doing this a while can do it just about everything. But I don't like to use the word pigeonhole, but um, you start doing something and you find you have an aptitude for it or just say that you um, it just works out that way. And then all of a sudden, 10 years go by and you're a network engineer or you're a messaging engineer or a DBA. Uh, like we were talking about, getting started was just that. Um, uh, good ways to get started are self-assessment. Start by assessing your interests, your strengths, your aptitude for technology. If you don't like technology, you're probably not going to like IT. <laughs> um, sorry, that's just kind of okay. And um, maybe you want to do it over the weekend, uh, the weekend, over the summer as a is a part-time job to see if you like it because dad's been doing it for 30 years and dad's been successful or your older brother or your sister or somebody, you know, you know, it's like, yeah, I can do that. And, but check it out, you know, and, but you better like technology uh, and not when technology is working right. Not when it, it's when it breaks, when you have no idea what's wrong, you or the point of the spear. You will see the problem first, and it's up to you to diagnose it. And that's another important thing to understand. You have to diagnose it correctly. And this is why I always take notes. Always write stuff down. Notepad is your friend. It's on every Windows machine. And uh, I think it's just called Notes uh, on the, the Apple products. And type in what you're doing what you've tried, what the end user is telling you, because if you have to escalate the problem, me or someone like me is going to go, what are you talking about? And you need to be able to explain it succinctly so we get the user back online or maybe the entire company back online. But um, so and then education, you know, a lot of people get bachelor degrees in computer science 
or information technology or related fields. Um, I, I, I never did that. Most of the really great engineers I've worked with over the years don't have degrees in computers. They, they may have an MBA or they may have, I don't know, basket weaving 101 or one guy I worked with that was awesome and he had like a bachelor of arts. So some companies may ask you, you just, I think when you're young, if you have that and go, yes, I have that, but I, I have X amount of experience as well. Me as a hiring manager, a senior engineer, I, I, I just gloss over the degree thing. I don't care. Um, I'm going to go, well, this person, he worked as an intern and then he worked as, or he, she worked as a, um, as a temporary and then came on boards, been with the company, working his way up. That's what I look for and I look at. Certifications, I think, are great. Uh, I have certifications and getting Microsoft certifications is just taking a test. Um, the tests are not easy. You have to know what you're talking about. Um, a lot of people that have a lot of certifications, it kind of tells me that they can memorize things, but can they do things? I've worked with a lot of people that are hardcore certified, and we've hired people that are certified, and they can't do anything um, because, well, you know, that's not the say that's not best practices. Well, the world is not a best practice situation. This is real. This is a red alert, <laughs> LRT1. <laughs> and, um, you know, you're going to have to put that aside. It's good that you know that and you have that. But in this case, you need to be able to literally think outside the box. You know, uh, uh, Comp TIA or A plus, uh, that's typically what most service desk people have. Then the cert, the Cisco certifications, uh, the Microsoft certified professionals, uh, which I am one. Um, and, and there are a bunch of others. Um, and, uh, if you're specializing in something, it's kind of good to have one or two of those, but People get really hung up on those and they don't get real world experience and they get passed by people with real world experience. FYI, have a portfolio show, showcasing your IT uh, projects, coursework, practical experience. Uh, what I was just talking about, include examples of your work, software applications, websites, network configurations. If you have this portfolio, that's why I was saying take notes. Uh, do not put anything on your resume that is not true. Just because you read an article on the latest and greatest widget doesn't mean you know it. Because people like me will ask you. And if you try to BS us, you're not going to get the gig. Because someone, but if you say, no, I haven't had the experience working with the new widget, but I would really like the experience. Um, some recruiters will give you a head up, heads up before you go and interview. Listen to them. And if they give you something to read, read it. Don't just think you're going to get the job and you're going to wow them because you're the greatest thing since sliced bread because you're not. Um, and then you can say, yeah, I've heard about the new widget and I did a little reading on it. 
And doesn't that use uh, the uh, the alligator algorithm? Um, I would really like to learn that. So if you show some initiative, that's what I personally am looking for. Um, people like that will go far. Uh, and then continuous learning, this is what I do. Stay updated, latest trends of technology and IT. Um, the, um, the um, excuse me, my ear was itching. The um, ongoing uh, acceleration in technology, if you're out of technology for 18 months, you are behind the curve. Um, do not get rusty on things. Do not get complacent. Always be learning, be talking to people, read industry publications, participate in online courses or webinars. A lot of them are free. Talk to your friends and your colleagues, um, just having coffee or eating lunch. Um, you'll probably find a mentor. Don't ask for a mentor. Just start talking to people. Let somebody mentor you. Um, it's a good way to continue to learn, uh, not only about IT, but just the skills of being an adult and being in the corporate world. Um, there are many pitfall, pitfalls. Um, job search starts with entry-level positions, internships, apprenticeships in your chosen IT discipline. Um, leverage online portals, uh, professional networking platforms, um, Probably wouldn't look in the Dallas Morning News anymore. Um, you know, they used to print that on paper and you would subscribe and a paper boy would throw the paper on your, um, your driveway and you'd go out and pick it up and read it. Um, that's, this is 2023. That's over with. Um, <laughs> sorry. I just I had a flashback there. Um, and then, Prepare for your interview. Um, you know, you want to demonstrate technical knowledge, problem-solving skills, ability to work as a team. That's very, very important. I always ask team questions and how people would handle things. And it's not a right or wrong answer, but it is how you're going to handle something. Uh, people are different. Some people are very different. Remember, IT is a, a field um, and it's very, very vast. <clears throat> Numerous paths that you can pursue. Be productive, stay curious, and never stop learning as technology continuously evolves. <clears throat> Sorry, I had the sore throat happen. I drink a lot of water. Okay. So, I did a little search on industries that use IT. Guess what? They all do. <laughs> um, it's an integral part of uh, varying uh, interest, uh, industries, you know, um, effective operations, data management, and communications, uh, banking and finance. Uh, I find myself in right now, and I was in mortgage, and I was in banking, um, and I'm back in banking again. Uh, I am a consultant. I come in and I do something and then I leave and I go to the next gig. Most of my consulting jobs last six to eight months. Um, I usually do two of them a year. Usually have about, I take about a week off typically as a breather and start looking and then 
takes about a week or two to get another job and to be onboarded. So I typically work 10, 10 months out of the year, and I typically have two months off. Um, that's just kind of the way it's worked out. It sounds great, but, you know, if I'm not on the clock, I'm not making money. So uh, they still have FTEs, full-time employees. Um, a lot of people like that. I don't think they pay as well as contractors. Most contracting companies have insurance and 401 and all of that. And, um, you know, I always hear people, oh, you're going to get laid off in eight months. At least I know it's happening. I'm not getting laid off. The contract comes to an end. I finish my fulfillment. And maybe one day they just call you into the boss's office and they let you go. You never had no idea. So you have to be prepared. So it can happen anywhere. Then healthcare. Been in several healthcare companies. Um, education. Um, did a little bit education. They're a little tricky, a little dicey. Um, it's it's different. Um, we did a um, long time ago. This is uh, the, let's see, that would probably be the early 90s. Um, yeah, that was a distance learning. So uh, AT&T had a distance learning company. And we set that up and we ran that and we would help people use it. Um, people, when I say distance, I mean satellites, not like the internet, satellites. So the instructor or teacher would sit in Georgia and they would instruct kids in Alaska, uh, Russia, <laughs> um, Newfoundland, you know, far 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 away so and they used uh, the AT&T um satellite system and we supported that uh, and it, it was a lot of fun um a lot of max involved um and um retail and e-commerce haven't done a lot of retail um i've known people that have done retail uh and restaurants um and basically the same Kind of headaches, but different. Um, and headaches, I mean, challenges. Uh, manufacturing and logistics. Um, you know, process automation is big in these, in, in these, uh, types of industries. Inventory management, supply, supply chain optimization, quality control, um, ERP systems, enterprise resource planning. And then telecommunications, you know, um, big phone companies, anything from billing systems, computer support, um, voice, data, video, transmission. Um, those are huge industries here in Texas. Um, here in the Dallas area, AT&T is the king and has been the king for a long time. Uh, had a big Nokia present here, presence here in the 80s and 90s in Carrollton. Um, a uh, real page is here, um, and uh, they did pagers and they did uh, phones, but they had the infrastructure that a lot of things run on nowadays that people don't realize is real page, um, the uh, telecommunications. Um, government, obviously, government, you know, for citizen services, digital government governance. 
tax administration, public safety, cybersecurity, data management. I have friends that work in these large government firms, and um, they are always working. Um, they're on call a lot, too. Um, and then entertainment and media, you know, creation, distribution, streaming platforms, that is huge. Um, then the analy- analytics of what people are watching, audience engagement, um, transportation and logistics um, is big. That is uh, something I don't know a lot about, but I've heard about um, at um, at uh, trade shows uh, and people talk about. Um, that's another thing, reason I like trade shows and talking to people in IT. They may not be doing exactly what you're doing, you, but you kind of get a perspective of hey, they're using the same products just a little differently and how that kind of works. And I'm always trying to figure out how can I do something better and also how can I do it easier? <laughs> um, there's a famous site, uh, the Lazy Admin. I love that place because we're not lazy, but we do like automation. And that's why scripting is important and understanding how scripting works. Behind these portals you're using are nothing but scripts running especially the Microsoft products. When you click on create this or make that or delete that, the script does that. You can do that in a scripting window. You don't have to go to the portal. And I encourage everybody to learn PowerShell, to learn Python, um, because you you will use it. Um, I want to talk about two things that I brought up just a minute ago, and um, that's being on call. So on-call, on-call rotation, they'll typically ask you this in um, in an interview, and your answer uh, is important. So, you know, they'll get through it, and these are typically the last things, because, you know, if they ask you this, they may be interested in you. Like, it usually goes like, so B, um... Sounds like you're interested in the job. Yeah, okay, yeah. And um, uh, can you be on call for the job? And I always say, well, what does that entail? Well, there are four people on the team, so, you know, once a month, you're the on-call person for the week. And that's Monday through Sunday. Yeah, the weekend, too. And if anything goes wrong in your silo, let's just say messaging, email. Let's just use that for an example. <laughs> and um, they're going to call you. So if anything happens, database goes down, lose connectivity, um, something wonky happens, they're going to call you. Not everything. And I mean site-wide. I don't mean somebody can't get an email or something was blocked or whatever. Uh, unless it's C-level. That's the C-suite. Anytime the C-suite calls their person, their admin, their admin calls the service desk, the service desk will escalate it to the on-call person. And that's cool because the president signs our checks, and we want them to be happy. The board of directors makes uh, decisions, and we want them to be happy. Um, So make sure it's okay if you're on-call. Now, the more people on the team, the better. You have six people. Okay, well, you know, that's once every six weeks. 
that's really not that bad. Um, and obviously the manager is on call as well. If you do not answer whatever the SLA is, so we have 30 minutes to acknowledge the call and then 30 minutes to be on the call to fix something, to start working on it. So typically SLA, you'll be out and about, say you're at the grocery store and you get a call and you can say, yes, I acknowledge the call. And then, you know, you do it within five minutes. Well, you've got an, you've got 55 minutes to start working on it, right? So finish your grocery shopping, take your groceries back to the house, log on, and then you most places have a system that, okay, I'm on the call, I'm working the call. You figure out what's going on. It may be networking. It may be security. It may be the messaging system. And it may have been a blip. Um, sometimes there are blips, and people think it's an outage. Uh, unless there's something for a particular um, uh, C-level person, well, this got blocked and you go out to the, in my case, the, the email gateway. And, oh, yeah, there it is. And you just release it. And then you talk to their admin. Their admin talks to the C-level person. So it was released. They have what they thank you. And then you put that sender who it got blocked in a, allow a list so it never happens again, <laughs> right? Because they may send something 15 minutes later. You think everything's cool, but it's not. So now you have another call. Um, sometimes you may be on a call and you have to escalate to your manager, and then your manager may need to escalate and uh, start a bridge. Uh, and typically a bridge is you, your manager, networking, their manager, uh, infrastructure, and then all these people get on. And then if you're a, uh, a gold partner, a Microsoft gold partner, AWS gold Parker, uh, partner, Google gold partner, whoever your partner is, the technical asset manager gets on the line too. And then you work it out and you try to figure out what's going on. Um, so yeah, be very careful and realize that you're going to be on call and, um, if you don't answer the phone, you better be dead or sick or something. Because uh, if you just say you missed the call, you're probably, you may get fired. Uh, you better have a pretty good, you know, excuse. Um, you know, my my dog is sick. My wife had a baby. Um, my hamster, you know, uh, ate through my phone cord. Not that that would happen anymore, but... Um, because it's going to escalate to the next person. So you're the on-call person. It's going to come to somebody like whoever the next person is, because there's somebody. And then if those two engineers don't answer, right, because I'm assuming that you're on call and you're going to answer, then that's going to call the manager, and the manager is not going to be happy. And we do not ever want anything to go to the manager. It is our job to fix problems. That's why they pay us the bucks. Um, so that's my rant on being on call. And that's one of those things you need to realize, uh, with this job is it is a good job. You can do this job for a long time if you like it. Um, I encourage everybody to no matter what you do, um, in your life is to make sure you're doing what you love to do, you know, um, and be happy. 
in your life and in your work. So uh, I'm going to try to have a roundtable with some IT folks. I'm trying to set that up now as we speak. Again, IT people are, are busy, busy, little beavers. And um, they're hacking away at stuff, and um, getting them all together in one place is like herding cats. <laughs> so anyway, until I talk to you next time, accelerate with confidence. <laughs>